I'm your host, Rachel Fialco, and welcome to The Inner Beauty Code. I'm obsessed with all things personal growth, spirituality, human behavior, beauty, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and beyond. Join me as we uncover spiritual practices and practical tools for a more fulfilling and purposeful life, all while learning to strike that perfect balance between internal and external beauty. Get ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self-exploration and self-improvement where strength, beauty, and transformation converge. Sophia, my jujitsu bestie here. Actually, you were the first person who, one of the first people that when I first started training, you were the first girl, obviously. There's not that many girls in our school. You were the first person to like really come up and like be super welcoming and friendly to me. I'll never forget that. Oh, I love having girls in the gym. So you're, you're totally worth it. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad we're friends. Okay. So I want you to tell me about your jujitsu, you being an athlete and how you started doing jujitsu. Yeah, absolutely. So I started jujitsu in 2019 and I've been at it pretty seriously, but I, I go at my sport with kind of a different mentality than maybe other people would because I had such a long career in dance. So I started pre-professional classical ballet at 12 and then I just kept going until I was 18. I was homeschooled. I didn't go to homecoming. I didn't go to prom. Like <laughs> I, I had a good group of friends, but they were all within kind of the dance world. And growing up, that was kind of my mindset was I, everything I did was so that I could become a professional in classical ballet. But of course, when I turned 18, I, I got burnt out. I, and I, I just, I wanted to try other things. And so, yeah, love, I love jujitsu. I'm happy I'm in it. And I do other things. I, I surf and I scuba dive and I work on boats and I, I want to start traveling. So yeah, much happier, much happier. Being out of dance and yeah, you know, uh, classical ballet, uh, I don't want to say too many bad things about it because it's a beautiful art and it's it's one of the like oldest arts out there for sure. And it taught me so many wonderful things. I just wonder if I could have still learned those good, valuable lessons uh, without so much self-hatred <laughs> that you kind of grow up learning. My schedule was pretty crazy. I would I would uh, do like school work from eight to twelve, and then from one to nine p.m. we would dance, and then I would go home and I would sleep, and then I'd wake up and do it again the next day. So I would do that six days a week for like years. But because it's such an old art, and you have all of these teachers who only know how to teach the way they were taught, um, there wasn't a lot of like encouragement to just love yourself for who you are and what your body type is. So I grew up thinking that I was too fat and then I got older and I started dealing with like eating disorders and things like that. I just continued to hate myself over and over and over again each year that would go by and it got worse. And the worst part was um, all of my friends hated themselves too. So when you start that way at such a young age, it, it seems normal to you. So when I quit ballet and I started doing jujitsu, all of a sudden I was in a big baggy gi. There were no mirrors anywhere. And I like there was no pressure to do any of that so it felt weird and it felt off and I was around a bunch of guys who do not care what <laughs> you look like and how much you weigh and all this stuff if anything they want to encourage you to be strong and uh happy so that you can come to the mats with a with a pleasant attitude I'm much much happier I'm in a I'm in a healthier sport yeah so why did you start jujitsu yeah, I started because I didn't want to do any other sport. I, I couldn't see myself uh, at 18 starting 
with a soccer league or other popular sports, but I knew that I had to be active. I took a few months off of everything after I quit ballet because I figured I would just be like a normal <laughs> teenager. I started going crazy, obviously, because my body was used to so many hours of physical activity, like a certain amount of pain that I dealt with every day. That absolutely, like just taking it all away and just kind of laying around doing schoolwork was awful. Like I, I felt like I was losing my mind. But I, <laughs> I thought that jujitsu was raw and my dad was a wrestler growing up. So jujitsu has a lot of wrestling in it. With the knowledge that I had of that, I thought it, it would work for me. I know we've talked about this before, just about jujitsu and what it brings to your life, what it does to your self-esteem. Um, that's one of the reasons, or one of the things that I really gained from jujitsu was just this inner confidence that I hadn't felt before. So, I mean, I know, you know, I've talked about this before and what has, has jujitsu done for your self-esteem, especially coming from the ballet background, which kind of seemed to have the opposite effect on you than building up your confidence. I was already comfortable with being in bad, uncomfortable positions in ballet. So coming to a sport where that's kind of the main mentality, I was okay with it and I was comfortable in it. The more I started doing it and the better I got, the more it got harder. I don't know how to explain that because people start going harder on you in the beginning. You don't know anything. You're like a puppy. You don't know what you're doing at all. So people are very easy on you and it's just pure, like I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you and you're doing everything you can to just like retain information. But once you start getting better, all of a sudden you can't submit people and you can't get to good positions. So for the first year that I started jujitsu, I didn't win anything. I, I, I couldn't even get good positions because when I started, there weren't really any women. There were maybe two or three older women who weren't comfortable training with men. So mm -hmm. I just had all these male partners who were not about to let me get good positions. <laughs> so I had to literally just get comfortable basically being smothered and, and crushed for the first year. After the year mark, that was when I started kind of encouraging more women to come into the school. And that's when I started getting better training partners. And that's when my confidence started building because I had been defending myself for just an entire year. <laughs> so I think that was kind of the starting point. Talking about being comfortable in uncomfortable situations, I think that that will not only be super helpful in a self-defense scenario because it teaches you to be calm and if someone was attacking you, it like puts you into like automatic reaction mode with your body. So I think like getting beat up a little bit in jujitsu helps with you being able to just not think about maybe you're in pain or this person's crushing me or, oh crap, this person's laying on me. It's like, okay, breathe and like figure out what to do next. And I can really relate right. to that. I, you know, I'm still, I'm still getting people laying on me and kneeing me in the head all we the all do uh, forever forever <laughs> there will always be someone better yeah. it's so great to know yeah. i totally agree if god forbid something were to happen to you in public or in, in private like in private behind closed doors if someone were to try to touch you without your consent basically the worst thing you can do is freeze and unfortunately Every woman that I've talked to that's dealt with stuff, that's what we do. We freeze because we all have the same mindset, which is, I can't believe this is happening to me. 
And so what I love about jujitsu is the more you do it and the more mat time you spend doing the movements, you're training your body that when bad stuff is happening to you, someone is sitting on top of you, you can't breathe. Someone is putting all their arms on your face and, and smothering you. You can't breathe. It's training you to not freeze, but to fight out of it. The, the more you do it, the more confidence it gives you. And then you start like rising in the ranks in the school and you start going against people who are newer at it and you start winning. And then when you start winning, there's a new level of confidence that not only is it possible for me to do this, but I've spent so much time losing that I'm already plenty humbled. This isn't feeding my ego. It's just reminding me why I love it and why it works. It's like proving it to yourself. It's so valuable. I totally agree. I know a passion of yours is to bring more awareness to jujitsu for women, you know, and you and I have have spoken about this before too, where when you're coming into a situation like this and you don't know, it's very intimidating for me. I had known about jujitsu for like eight or nine years before I actually set foot into the school. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's intimidating for someone who doesn't. So I, maybe can you speak on that? Like why you think it is a good sport for women or how women can be more encouraging to other women in the sport and why that's important because I've gone to other schools now and starting out at a school that was so welcoming to women and having like a nice group of women and even the guys at our school are super supportive they're not annoyed when they have to train with you they're very helpful going to another school where that is not as prevalent or it's not the atmosphere that I'm used to. So I kind of had to navigate my way through that. Can you give your opinion on that? The competitive dance world can be very toxic. I mean, you would hear stories of people putting shards of glass in each other's point shoes before they would go on stage, people tearing each other's tights, like weird stuff. It's not that the dance world is all bad. It's just, there's enough of it to be concerning. So you get very numb to it. And, you know, people look at you, people glare at you, people treat you badly. And you just, you just like water off a duck's back. You just ignore it. So going into uh, a martial art where you're around all guys, and then you have one or two girls, you have a natural instinct to kind of stick together. Um, But when you get more women in the school, there is, you know, the subtle toxicity or gossip or favoritism that comes with it. And obviously, if you have younger athletic people in the school, they're going to get more attention because they're going to have more time to accomplish goals. Uh, That doesn't mean that they're better or worse than some of the older people. It's just it's just different. It is what it is. Uh, there was always favoritism in dance. There was nothing you could do about it. You just could either treat the favorites bad or good. <laughs> that was all you could do. But it wouldn't affect your dance. And so what I realized how to become a favorite was to uh, continue to outwork everyone else. That's it. So don't expect to become a favorite if you're sitting there watching, doing nothing, just glaring at people. If you have a good professor, they're not going to care. So when I started getting more attention and then more females started coming into the school. I was so excited because I knew that if enough time would go by and these females would keep training, I would have more training partners to train with. 
in me training with them, they would get better and them getting better, I would continue to get better. So it's still almost a little bit selfish, but I'm still helping people with it. And that was in the beginning when I first started competing and stuff like that. And then we started getting more females in and it started becoming much healthier because I wanted to make such a, a valid point to almost be obnoxiously nice so that they wouldn't forget the kindness that I was showing. Because when people first come in, that's kind of the first attitude that you feel and that will stick with you. So if you come in and you're feeling negative or you get a negative or toxic reaction, you're going to know that you have to have your guard up going to the school and you're either going to have to meet it with toxicity or ignore it. And I don't want women to feel uncomfortable. They already feel uncomfortable coming into the gym, uh, having men sit between their legs. Like there are uncomfortable positions. And if they're not used to it in jujitsu, of course, you're not going to be like, oh, this is great. I'm having fun. Of course not. Um, it's sweaty. Uh, it's dirty. It, it doesn't smell good. Like, let's be honest here. It's not always the most comfortable environment to be in, but um, it is so much fun. Like it is so much fun learning to love yourself and literally creating your own building blocks to love yourself and to love that you can beat up other people if you want to. It's like having a superpower that you don't feel the need to use, but you know, if you had to, you would be able to use it. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. that's what I want to encourage is I want to encourage women to because we're already uncomfortable everywhere we go. We're already being sexualized everywhere we go. Uh, we're already on guard. So might as well have some confidence in what you're doing. When you're going to the grocery store at night, you know, when you're traveling alone, when you're doing all of these things, when you're going to the car dealership by yourself, like you might as well have some tools to have because you're already going to feel uncomfortable because that's another excuse that people use to be like, oh, well, it's just, it's awful. I hate it. I, it's too uncomfortable. Well, of course, like everything as a female, I feel like is uncomfortable. We're constantly have to dealing, have to deal with, with stuff like that in, in our lives, but you might as well feel comfortable with your own skill set uh, and have a team, hopefully, I mean, every school is different, have a team of men and women who support you. Um, so at least if, if, if I can get women to try jujitsu, even if they don't stick with it, if they feel encouraged to go try other things, to build a community with um, and to get in shape and to just feel healthier and to learn about, you know, nutrition and their own body and stuff like that. Like it, it can almost be a, a stepping stone for other things, even if it's not a long-term thing for people. Cause again, at the end of the day, it's a martial art. Like we have to sign waivers before we start. Like it may not be for everybody and that's okay. You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's definitely not for everyone. I know I became obsessed with it after my first class. So did I. Yeah, right. And yeah, it is interesting. I like your perspective on that because because you shouldn't be competing with other students within your school almost. And I and I feel like there are places that that is um, a thing where it's like you would, yeah, they would rather not be helpful. And, and like I said, it was so weird. So I appreciate that knowing how much help I did have in the beginning of my jujitsu journey, which I'm still in the beginning of it. Let's, let's, let's yeah. be real. Well, here's the thing is you're doing great because you're trying other schools. I just don't want to sugarcoat it. I have, I've gone to other schools, even other Gracie Baja gyms. Mm -hmm. And I, I walk in and there are other women there and I'm immediate 
definitely feel that kind of like it's either a simple like rivalry like oh there's another female in the gym you know I'm at her gym now so she's gonna have to like, kind of fight for it a little bit right because I'm coming in I'm not just gonna lay down and die I'm here with my team like I have to represent my team um, and I've walked into gyms where uh, people are super friendly and they don't care and I've walked into gyms where people are like they have something to prove it's purely you know egotistical and I am now on their turf it's so weird but you know you get a little bit of everything depending on the school you could have a, comp a competitive school where they just mainly do competition you could have a self-defense school and they mainly do self-defense so they don't really care they just want to you know be comfortable in what they're doing and they're and they're slow techniques right um and then you have a school like Grace Baja where they want to cover everything even physical fitness so they'll have like workout classes in there sometimes but my point is it depends also what women are what your goals are if you're starting out in jujitsu you've never done it you're not going to go to american top team in coconut grove where they're all mma fighters and jump no. in and say hey guys let's train together you know, no, they're gonna be like, <laughs> no do your research <laughs> yeah do your research and it depends on your goals with jujitsu like you were saying before other women in there if you're older and you're doing jujitsu as a way to it's just something you want to learn self-defense you want to build your confidence some kind of physical activity fine but if you're there to compete you're gonna it's gonna be a different a whole different experience for you and you know the people who are also taking it very seriously and competing are not gonna I guess that may be another thing. If someone's like doing competitions, they're training for a world, which is actually going on right now. You're not going to sit there going with a person that trains twice a week. You're not really going to care to like build a relationship yeah. with them or train with them. So I guess um, having that perspective as well is, you know, be realistic about. Well, here's another weird. thing. If you're going to a jujitsu school to make friends, <laughs> yeah true you're not you're probably going to be disappointed I'm just going to say it now in training in um doing jiu-jitsu for you and you meet other like-minded women who are doing jiu-jitsu for them whatever the reasons or goals you can become friends and come together because at the end of the day you can't do jiu-jitsu by yourself so mm -hmm. just in them being who they are it's helping you now if you're coming to the school uh, and you're going there to get attention or to make other women feel bad or to make yourself feel better by dragging other people down, that's different, you know, because that's not really jujitsu. And I'm trying to, there's a little bit of that sometimes with certain people at the school and I'm trying to weed that out. I am trying to uh, get that out of there because as women, we can feel it. If you walk in, it's just, just with a look of expression from another female, you, you can immediately feel the, the attitude of the school. Because if you're new and you see colored belts that are giving you that expression um, that's negative, like you're not going to feel welcome, you know, which, which kind of goes back to why I said that sometimes when new women come in, I like jump on them and I put my face in their face and I tell them how welcome they are and how I'm excited that they're there and stuff because I want that to cancel out anything else that they have felt, whether that's maybe a, a newer guy coming in and not understanding 
how you need to respect and not sexualize women or another female who happens to be having a bad day and maybe she gave you a bad look or something like I want my expression to cancel all of that out I love having women at the school I love seeing women get better I love seeing them get better to the point where they can beat up other people like it is amazing it's simple and it's amazing I love it it's like a superhero. It's like Wonder Woman. Like when we watch yeah. super female superheroes on TV beat the crap out of people, like it's amazing. But to actually see it, like not stunts and not like movie magic where she throws a punch and the whole like neighborhood falls over. I mean, like a female taking a dude and throwing him over her shoulder and choking him out is beautiful to watch. <laughs> because yeah. we, we, we have to deal with it all the time. So it's not, you know. <laughs> yeah (laughs) how you how many guys that I I haven't really rolled like sometimes the guys I'm at Rogers school um Roger Gracie versus Gracie Baja what I like about Gracie Baja in Jupiter at at Joe's school is that the guys there they're they're not they're okay to train and like the difference of the schools, like I said, like people are there to compete. There's people that like are very serious about jujitsu and competitions. Most people at Roger Races are competing and going around the competitions. So I don't have male partners as often as I did at Jupiter. And, and not, not to say a difference, it's just, you know, this well, you know, a lot smaller. of cultural over there because it's such a big international city. So like you said, people from you know maybe like the middle east and stuff who can't roll with women and and things like that but what's unfortunate is that's when you want a powerful female team to be there exactly yep with a school that big like you would hope that you know i mean we're, we're going on five years of being opened in jupiter and we have like 20 women who who come consistently to the gb1 and gb2 classes differently you know but I would like to get a lot more in there and I'd like to get a lot more competitive females. We have a lot of self-defense and physical fitness females. We just do it for fun and to be in shape, which I think is awesome. But it takes a certain level of uh, mental toughness to want it bad enough to get yeah. on a competitive mat and actually want to fight for a medal or fight, you know, for your life. <laughs> so yeah. And South Florida is a different like vibe. Obviously it's small, you know, there's, it's slower pace There's smaller people, you know, the people in the, in the area are not looking to go around the world, compete serious, serious competition. So, so it's a totally different thing, but knowing those two dynamics and then going to Henzo Gracie's in New York, which was great, which I had a really good experience with a lot of guys there. They're so nice, you know, and and I think I'm, I'm bringing this up because I think, it being such a male dominant sport, it allows you to be very intimate with people and it allows women to be intimate with men as long as there's not a creep because there are creeps out there too, ladies. But um, in general, most guys are, it's it's like a non-sexual um, intimate situation to be locked in a man's legs or to have a man like straddling you and vice versa. So it's nice to be able to have interactions with men like that. And it totally be like a platonic experience where, you know, there's boundaries that are not crossed. So I think it's a nice way to, um, to interact with, with men, uh, that way too. 
So, and I liked being able to start out at a school where the majority of my partners were men up until the end, you know? Um, so it, it was nice to be able to interact the way. I mean, I get my ass kicked a lot, <laughs> but it's nice, it's nice to have like truly just like friendly relationships with men who are not trying to hurt you, who are trying to help you better yourself. Uh, and build your own confidence. I mean, obviously it's not a perfect world. Um, so every once in a while you'll deal with someone where you just know, but like, I wanna encourage people and I, I need to do this more at the school with women, but I wanna encourage women to, if you're feeling uncomfortable in a non-jujitsu way, like in a person on person way, get up and walk away, like it's okay. Cause some people are like, well, you know, he like, he didn't actually say anything or he didn't actually do anything. I mean, now when he's saying it out loud, it doesn't sound that bad, whatever. Like if you're uncomfortable, you can get up and walk away. If they were feeling uncomfortable, they would do the exact same thing. They would just get up and walk away. Like men don't apologize for shit. So we shouldn't have to either. Whether it's like in the actual match, if someone's going too hard or too spazzy and you're like, I feel like I'm going to get hurt. It's okay. Tap out and walk away. Um, if you have a good coach or a good professor who's teaching the class, they should completely understand and back you up all the way. I mean, I like, I don't care if I'm now known as this like fragile princess of the school because I've had so many injuries at this point, even outside of jujitsu that I just have to protect myself. I'm only 22 and I've already had three broken ribs and torn cartilage and like dislocated kneecaps and stuff like that. So I want to, I need to take care of myself because I want to be able to last for a long time. Cause I have a lot of injuries that came from my previous sport as well. So I know that I'm able to at any point stop what I'm doing, get up and walk over to Joe, sit next to him and be like, it wasn't working. I, I'm, I don't want to get hurt. And he'll immediately know, like he doesn't need any explanation. If the fact that I'm sitting here and saying, I don't want to finish the round because I don't feel safe, he like immediately trusts my judgment. So if you have a good coach, you'll understand. But, you know, we're, we're kind of raised to coddle everyone around us and to accommodate everyone. So we feel like pressured and I don't want to hurt his feelings and I don't want to make a scene and I, I don't want to be known as that person. Like, again, you shouldn't be going to jujitsu to create this reputation for yourself period. You're not there to make people comfortable. You're there to make yourself comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Again, it's already uncomfortable enough to deal with <laughs> the martial art itself. You don't want to deal with all this other bull crap, you know? Not that it happens all the time. It's rare, but when it does happen, again, you're, it's supposed to be in your safe spot and you don't want to be doing that freeze thing where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. I'm in my martial art trying to be safe. I never thought I'd deal with this and here I am dealing with it, you know? So. Yeah. And I think that super helpful and a great environment for, for someone starting jujitsu and for women. So that's really nice. Yeah. I like that. I wanted to talk about coming as a woman into a very masculine sport where you are not there to look pretty, you know, I think that in jujitsu, there's a way for you to still have your femininity, but it's not showing, like, I think if you show up to jujitsu looking to get validation for sexually, or it's, it's just not going to fly. It's not going to be acceptable. And so 
coming to jujitsu, still being able to be pretty and feminine in such a masculine environment is something that like me coming from the beauty world, such a superficial, it's not superficial, but a superficial profession where you are supposed to look beautiful or you're trying to help make people make people look beautiful um, on an exterior level coming to a sport where you it's like the completely opposite thing it's kind of like balancing the masculine and feminine within you as a person too so I know I've kind of talked about still being able to be beautiful and sexy while also doing such a nasty sweaty smelly <laughs> gross sport where you just look crazy and crappy yeah. by the end of it you yep. know, you and I, after we've rolled together we look insane and we're sweating and it's somehow your hair always still looks done but we we don't oh. get to talk about that <laughs> every time you come to the school I'm like how did she get her hair it looks so nice like oh. still and stay that way until after class but <clears throat> I agree I especially because I'm in your boat I came from a world where it's like you know, you glue your hair to your head so that it, there are no wispies flying around everywhere. And you got on stage and if you hunch your shoulders a little bit, like you're done, points deductive. Like, <laughs> so I love that about jujitsu. I love that I can go in with messy hair and um, that it's scrappy and it's raw. Um, I actually think it makes me feel more feminine. This is, it doesn't sound like right to someone who doesn't do jujitsu probably, but it, it kind of gives off like the female warrior vibe that you're going for, which women love in the world of CrossFit, uh, in the world of bodybuilding, in the world of um, powerlifting. So I guess just aggressive sports that women can do as well um, is where you can get that feeling. But I, I feel like I deserve it more almost because I'm physically grappling with the stronger sex like and not dying like I make it out on top um if it's a good day and if it's a bad day I lose but I still held my ground you know and now if I were to ever deal with something outside of the gym I know that I wouldn't be walking away unscathed like I would for sure be beat up and in pain and maybe injured but I would be the one walking away period because it it trains you how to not give up so I, I feel, I, I feel like there can still be femininity in that, you know, because if you look at anything like women protecting their children or, or animals out in nature, like female lions and female bears, they're, they're really dangerous. They're, they're really scary, but they're still females. They're still, you know, taking care of their children and they're young and stuff like that. So I don't know. The, the only way to feel it is to kind of do it. I can understand how from the outside uh, point of view and you're looking in, it looks like women uh, wrestling and they're all messy and they look like they don't care about what they look like, uh, which is partially true. In the moment of you fighting for your life, you don't care. <laughs> you don't care about how you look and how you uh, present yourself. But at the end of the day, why are we presenting ourselves to look a certain way? Because when I'm not on mats, I look normal. I look like a girl. I look healthy and feminine, but when I'm on the mats, I'm there to not look pretty. I'm there to um, help my skill set because if I were to ever have to use my skill set, I again, wouldn't be 
trying to look pretty. Yeah, I think um, that that makes a lot of sense, too, because I think there are a lot of women out there that like wear full. I never still understand this, wear a full face of makeup to the gym to go work out. So I feel like I normally actually when I first started, I feel like I did wear like, um, you know, like even tinted moisturizer, try to put on cover up and then you just realize, oh, I got to give up on that. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting, too. And then I think, you know it does allow you to unleash a, I don't want to say it's a masculine um, power within you, but for me, it's like jujitsu a lot, like feeds that like part of me that we in society as women don't get to almost unleash or tap into often. So that was something for me. It's like, yeah, I want to kick someone's, I want to, fucking kick someone's ass, you know, and you get to like use that. I don't want to say it's aggression either, but maybe it is. Maybe it's that aggressive side or it's like an outlet for you to, to use that inner like masculinity. Maybe, maybe it is um, as a woman. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that you said tap in. Yeah. It's Cause it, I think, you know, I always had this, like this power, like you feel like this little powerful part of yourself that you don't get to use and express. And I think for me, jujitsu has allowed me to, um, to connect with that. And then, yeah, it just, it, it brings like that confidence within you too, in a way, because you get to, um, express a part of yourself that you don't normally get to as a woman on a day-to-day basis, you know? Yeah. And there are extremes to everything. Right. So I, I, I can't do MMA. Like I cannot be hit in the face. Anytime someone's like, Oh, we should, you know, bring the striking classes back and let's, let's put our gloves on and stuff. Like I have no desire to do that. Even when we had a striking class, like two years, I never went to it ever. I have no desire to put gloves on and hit someone else. I have no desire to stand there and be hit in the face. Nope. That's my biggest fear in jujitsu actually like breaking my nose. And I, yeah hit in the face a couple of times, which knock on wood did not, uh, ever result in an injury. I actually got my first, um, jujitsu injury in the last, like in a year and a half with the knee jujitsu with my knee. Yeah. Um, which was my own fault for doing takedowns with a girl that has no idea what she's doing again, my own fault, but you know, and it's interesting too, because I have friends now there's two things I want to talk about too, before, you know, we kind of wrap things up is a, a different version of myself, A, would have never done jujitsu, uh, never thought about ever wrestling. You know, when you would see women, there's this like preconceived um, notion or stereotype that we think women, oh, they're like masculine or they're like a lesbian or they're a boy or they're, you know, not feminine when they're doing this. And now I have have met so many different women that have wrestling backgrounds like my partner now at uh, Roger Gracie um here in London she has a strong wrestling background and it's awesome like I'm like damn why didn't I do wrestling in high school you know like Mm -hmm. realize like how fun it is and you know actually one of my best friends Katie is a uh talk about getting punched in the face she did competitive boxing she was like the golden glove champion in her area and she's really pretty and feminine you just see like there's so many different 
facets to, to like what a woman can do and the, and the journey. And I know there's a lot of women out there that are just intimidated to pursue a dream or try something new, or they feel like very disconnected from a a purpose or a passion. And luckily for me, I'm always willing to try different things and try new things. And obviously you are too, knowing that going from being a ballerina to now being a very serious jujitsu athlete, it's like, I think encouraging women to just get out there and try something new. Like, yeah, it's going to, it might be scary and you might hate it, but you might love it. And it, and, and jujitsu has brought so much to my life. So much, so many friends, so much confidence, um, just so much comfort in my own body. And then being able to meet so many people from around the world, just doing jujitsu. Um, I, I never could imagine that that would happen starting. I, I agree. I, 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 same thing. If you would have told me at like, you know, 13, 14, 15, like when I was younger and I still had my eyes on one sport, my like being a specialized athlete, um, that I'd be doing a martial art. I would have, I would have laughed and said, no, you know, I can't have arm muscle. I need to only have it in my legs, <laughs> like stuff like that. And, um, I wouldn't have believed you. So now it's so interesting that I want nothing to do with that mentality, body type, or community. I, I'm obsessed with uh, learning about myself now and pushing myself. And, and um, I like being strong. I like being strong. I like being powerful. And I like um, using leverage to do it. Because, you know, my best friend is a powerlifter, competitive powerlifter, and she like the idea of jujitsu right now makes her uncomfortable because she's like, it doesn't make sense. Like I want to be able to bend down and pick it up. So it took her a couple of times coming into the gym and watching me train that she was like, Oh my God, I can understand why if someone smaller than me grabs me that way, I wouldn't be able to move. And, And now it makes sense because I saw it happen. So now she wants to get a couple of like world titles and then she wants to start jujitsu when she turns 23. So she's 20 right now. So she now wants to like is thinking about trying future you know what I mean uh but it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened unless she had gone in and watched me do it like she did because in just having the knowledge that jiu-jitsu exists and not knowing anything about it I understand how it can turn people off and that's okay because we all go through different like levels and different uh stages in life and and different uh mindsets so it probably wouldn't have been healthy for me to start jiu-jitsu when I was younger because I wouldn't have been able to mentally handle it. But now that I'm at this point in my life, for some reason, I just happen to be able to handle it right now. So it's okay. No one should pressure themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's at stage. In your own timing. So, I mean, I encourage obviously all women, like it's not for everyone, but it's worth seeing if it's, it's trying. It's worth trying. It's worth taking a class. For sure. Absolutely. Especially if you do research and you are like, Hey, these guys have a lot of females. I like the way they look. I like the way their school looks. It looks clean, you know? And then, um, we mentioned, you know, meeting awesome friends. And I know that one of your goals, right. Is to travel around the world doing jujitsu and being, I want you to come visit me in London because 
there are so many different people from all over the world here. And, and, and obviously being a student at Roger Gracie's, so many people from around the world just want to come and take mm -hmm. classes there. Absolutely. So Absolutely. understanding that, like, what is, what do you see in the future for you or anything else you want to want to mention about your connection to jujitsu that changed your life? You know, I, I really want to travel because I'm um, burnt out with society here in America. Um, and that's like my own personal like views, but I, I want to see if I'm entitled and spoiled or if I'm actually like validated in what I'm feeling. And I, I don't like how um, there are so many other cultures out there that I have like, that are not talked about. So number one, I want to travel. I want to, I want to see the world, not in a touristy way, but in a, in a like humble, like teach me type of attitude. Like I want to learn about different cultures. And I understand that there are language barriers and that I, as an American, shouldn't be expected to come in and start speaking English, expecting people to understand what I'm saying just because I'm American. Um, so the best way to uh, travel, I think, is to already have a community where you can go to other spots and meet other people in that community because in my case, this would be jujitsu and jujitsu is already a physical language. So to be able to go to other countries, find a gym, and humbly go in and just just I at least have something to bring to the table which is my technique uh, and my background in jiu-jitsu um I'm already like helping people who are willing to like meet with me and talk with me so um I'm going to Japan in October that'll be awesome I'm going for a whole month so I'd like to find some gyms and to just do jiu-jitsu because no I can't speak Japanese fluently but It'd be nice to be able to go and physically roll with people and make friends that way. Um, so that's why I'd like to go uh, to other gyms and travel. And, and then eventually it would be awesome to kind of build up like a female travel team or, or competitive team and go around and as a group of people you learn um, about other cultures and train, compete and stuff like that. So yeah, that would be that's huge. So cool, Sophia. Imagine, I mean, maybe it's out there, maybe it's not, but that'd be really cool if you could come up with like a, or if you can create, a, yeah, a team that travels around and maybe even like lives in different areas and trains with different people. I don't know how it would be, it seems like it would be a niche thing because not everyone can do that, but that's- Sure, it'd be probably a group of like, like at the most six people, like that would not be like a huge type of thing, but- I know better than to expect people to have my same mindset, which is why I'm going to Japan by myself, but um, it wouldn't be fair for me to like, just start spouting all these crazy ideas and then to not be able to back it up. So it would be cool to go and get some experience by myself. And then who knows, maybe if I do it, I'm like, oh, wow, like now I know this isn't for me. Or I'd have more knowledge and be like, okay, I do want to do this, you know, because I know better than to sit here and try to predict like the next five, 10 years, you know, because things change and, and we change. Like we are constantly changing um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So, um, I mean, 
I don't know if you remember when I, when I broke my ribs, like I had to take three months off of jujitsu, like everything out of my life was taken away. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. And I really had to like be comfortable by myself in my own head um, without running to other things to temporarily help with either trauma or um, mood swings or, or bad relationships or whatever. I couldn't run away. I had to face it because I couldn't move. <laughs> um, so jujitsu saved me because I, I had already been training myself to be okay in uncomfortable uh, positions and, and situations that here I was with three broken ribs and a bruised lung. I was like, this is okay. Like, I'm going to get through this. I know what this is like, you know, to be this uncomfortable. And on that topic, isn't it interesting? Because I remember you were before you had broken your ribs and you were telling me you got a little burnt out and blah, 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 blah. And then about this, when you did break your ribs about how, like, you know, I think I was telling you, like, this is like the universe's way of saying, Sophia, let's take a break for a minute. Let's Let's calm down. Here, isn't that interesting how life works out that way sometimes for you and then helps you gain a different perspective and you think things kind of are happening to you, but really they're happening for you, like people say, or it's like helping you to like regain your, you know, a fresh perspective on something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think good can come out of anything. I, it was a horseback riding accident. Like it was 100% my fault. I was alone. Like it, I was by myself at the barn. Like it was 100% my fault. There was no one I could blame it on. It was me. Um, I shouldn't have been doing it, but good came out of it because I went out it with the right perspective and the right mindset. I think people need to remember that, you know, decisions have consequences and like blessings attached to them. So if you're, you know, aware of the decisions that you're making and you're aware of the fact that they um, affect everyone around you, then you might go at it differently or you might not, you know, if you don't care, I, I understand, but like it, it affected everyone around me. I mean, it, it really hurt my family and my mom and my dad, and my brother, it stressed everyone out a lot. It ended up helping me out so much, but it hurt a lot of people around me. So I think it's interesting to, to keep that in mind and, um, you know, everybody's different and things happen to us for a reason. It helped my personal growth, but to other, like my mom wouldn't have been able to handle it, but she doesn't, she doesn't do the same level of activity. She's dealt with different trauma that I have. So, you know, with her, she lost her sister in a car accident when she was pregnant with me. Like she, she lost her mom to get, like she's had deaths in the family. So to get a call that I'm like driving home <laughs> like broken everywhere like it was really scary you know um and now everyone's doing okay but um we have to take care of ourselves and if, if you're not doing well mentally like for me to act out it's not to go drinking or smoking or partying it's to go and do adrenaline rush things. so to get on a horse bareback and to start galloping into one direction um, yeah when you got a horseback rider <laughs> when i'm not <laughs> So yeah, it was, it was crazy, but I, I learned a lot from it. And, um, I, I have like just a little bit of a different understanding of big decisions now, you know, cause I, I want to learn from my mistakes. I want to make my like mistakes to learn from, 
but I want to have common sense and I want to learn from them and I want to make myself better. I want to save myself from pain. I, you know, I want to learn about myself. I want to know what I can and can't handle and what I like and what I don't like. And I want to allow myself to change my mind into and to maybe be caught up in something and then realize it's not for me. And I want to have the confidence and the strength to back out, you know, because a lot of women don't have the guts to do that. They can't handle, they'd rather sit and, and dwell on their pain than deal with it and, and get out of it. You know, I want to, I want to find out how to not have to survive like that, you know? Yeah, it's not easy to heal and not easy to look at yourself. So it's not. Uh, look at look at your shit and 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 sit with it and move through it. It's it's painful and time consuming and yeah, it's it's but jujitsu, you know, jujitsu helps people like you and me because you're sitting here and you know this much and everyone around you knows like this much or more. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here like, wow. I'm so far behind. I'm not going to be able to do anything to these people probably ever because they're already learning so much longer and faster than I am. But I want to, like, I want to create this space into a bigger space of knowledge. So just keep coming, you know, and it trains you to get past your own ego, to heal from stuff that you don't like about yourself. It puts everything out on the mats and it's up to you on how to react because when you're doing jujitsu, you can only do one move at a time, but so can the other person. And that's where the whole like chess game comes into play, you know? So I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And that's yeah. one thing that I did learn. And one of the other things I learned, uh, I love about jujitsu is it helps you to be very present in the moment. It helps you to get a lot of mental clarity um, as well. It calms your mind down because it forces you to focus and think almost, okay, what am I going to do next? So it's like very strategic. And, and that's something that's yeah really cool about jujitsu too. It's amazing. You'll, you'll, you'll be doing it and then you'll find yourself doing some like superhuman move that you didn't know you could ever do. And you're just in shock of your own strength. And then other times you'll have a bad day and you'll come in and someone who you beat all the time beats you easily. And then you're back to square one. It's, it's fascinating and it's addicting. You know, I, I remember being told I was weak like my entire ballet career because I was so tall and so flexible and I could never like turn or jump. I could just pose and mm-hmm. be super flexible. And so now it's like, I'm past the point of being weak. I can do things in jujitsu that I never thought I would ever be able to do. And I'm okay. Like it didn't hurt me in the process of doing that cool move, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just again, come back the next day and just be beaten to a pulp and wake up the next morning and have to like, take an ice bath or something. Like I love it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's for me. <laughs> I think the closing thought should be like encouraging people to like go out and try different things. Don't be afraid to go in and take a class of something new and not like it and then not have to go back or like it and continue going back. Like encourage yourself to, to build yourself up and to test yourself. Life is not going to be fair and it's not going to be comfortable. So figure out a skill set that you're happy with for you, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and amazing. And it also, like, on that topic, you did not actually give up your dance skills and, like, everything in life you build on top of it because now you're training to be a dance instructor as well a ballroom dance instructor which I think is so yeah, yeah now I do so, hey you can still do jujitsu <laughs> and kick people's ass and be a, a sexy you know beautiful ballroom dancer as well thank so, you yeah I just yeah. competed in a ballroom competition I got third place that was insane I I you know it's completely different you're in heels and not point shoes and the goal is to be sexy not uh pure and pretty so it, it's definitely a different world, but um, I love it because I can attack the dance world in a different way and in a different light than I did when I was just in ballet. Because when I was in ballet, it was like, you know, this like timid uh, personality that you want to strive to have. And in ballroom, nobody wants timid, you know, which yeah. no one wants timid in jujitsu either. So I wouldn't have been able to do ballroom if I didn't have jujitsu in my back pocket this conversation can go on forever but (laughs) one more thing when you're saying these things it's reminding me of something that I'm I'm sure I've told you or we've talked about and I, I say to people it's like for me life used to be like people are trained and taught to like live inside this box right up until recently it's like oh my gosh if I don't you know, you can, and you can get stuck in that box, in that box of your own mind, depending on like what your environment's like too. If people around you are telling you, you know, Hey, this is it for you, which I'm sure you felt like when you were a ballerina, like, Hey, if you're, if you're not going to go this professional route or you have to fit into this box. And if you don't, then, you know, done. So it's interesting to see an evolution of someone's life. And that's why I love, that's why I want to have these conversations with them. And that's why I want to start this podcast. For me, being stuck in that box just was so painful for me and so difficult to move out of, you know, over the years. And then hearing how, you know, and, and just an example of how that's not true, you can do and be and life evolves and you never know like what a skill is going, you are doing now, how that will look for you in the future. And, and you are a perfect example of that, you know, going from one type of dance to giving it up, thinking you were never going to be a dancer again, to doing jujitsu for the last four years very seriously. And then now dance has come back around and it's, you know, you've almost breathed new life into that part of yourself and it's evolving into something different. So I think, you know, there can never be a mistake or a wrong way to do things. It's only a lesson or a building block that's going to propel you forward in the future, you know? And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. It's like what we said earlier, where we're all different stages in life and you're going to be, you're going to have a different mentality when you're 16 and then again, when you're 20 and then again, when you're 25 and then again, when you're 30 and so on and so forth, like you just experience life differently. And we're always going to be kind of stuck at forks in the road. And it's up to you if you want to face what you're going to have to face with a victim mentality or something different. Right. I am done looking at things like a victim, like, Oh, pity me. Um, I guess I can't like no one. You can, you may have people in your life who will then help you by pitying you, but it's not going to help you. You're not helping yourself. You know, 
I, I don't think that we should have to take everything on our shoulders and, 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 you know, face every single burden that we're going to like, no, like whether you're spiritual or religious or whatever, give your burdens to something else, but strive to be strong. Like we can do it. You can be strong. You can have what you want. You can have whatever you want. I mean, it's like we were talking about where just in being women, just in being women, we can come to the table and we have stuff to bring. Like men can't. <laughs> we love them. We need men for sure. Men are very valuable. But just in being women, we can come to the table. We can just create life. Like imagine all the other things that we can do. We can have whatever we want. We can be whoever we want. Um, so right now, I just happen to want to be like a jujitsu competitor. But I'm totally going to be forgiving with myself if I wake up a year from now and I don't want to do that anymore. It's okay. I don't owe anyone anything. I owe myself everything. Like I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. And I am like, I know that all of my coaches are going to be so mad at me when I go to Japan for what, but they're going to have to be okay with it because this is what I want to do. So yeah, everything's going to be great. Like it will work out. There can't only be good and there can't only be bad. There has to be kind of a balance, you know? So. I agree. Sophia, <laughs> I love you. I'm so happy to chat with you. Um, I think you're an incredible person and you've got amazing things ahead. So thank you. I love you, Rachel. You're my favorite person ever. <laughs> it's been awful not having you here, but I know I miss you so much. Actually. I'm going to see you soon. Yes, you're going to come visit me soon. I'm going to come visit right. soon. I love you, my dear. Okay. I love you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got some valuable takeaways from this episode. Info will be in the show notes, but the Inner Beauty Code podcast is available on all major listening platforms. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. So if there are any other topics you want to hear about, DM at Inner Beauty Code on Instagram. See you next time. And remember, unlocking the code to your inner beauty is always within your reach.